Hi everyone, welcome to episode 6 of the Bharatvarta podcast, a commentary on politics, policy and culture focused on India. So before we begin, I want to add, I hope you're taking good care of yourself and most importantly, you're staying indoors. Uh, these are exceptional times and it'll require much needed restraint for all of us to kind of tide things over. Uh, so anyway, this week we look at Madhya Pradesh and the political situation there. Uh, with Jyotiraditya Sindhya's revolt and uh, Kamal Nath resigning, uh, what is the broader significance of all of this, and what lies what lies ahead, right? Uh, so to, to to kind of discuss all of this in more detail, uh, we are joined by Ashish Chandorkar, who is a leading business consultant, public policy expert, and a true son of the soil, born in Indore and swears by Poha. Uh, hi, Ashish. Hi, Gary. And also joining us is uh, Rohit Jairaman, who I'm told really loves cats, uh, is a lawyer and a keen observer of politics and world affairs, and also a veteran of the Bharatwarta podcast. So Rohit, that thing about cats is true or not? Uh, it's completely untrue. Okay. Baseless allegations. All right. Baseless. Welcome, guys. Welcome. Uh, great to have you back. Uh, so Ashish, we'll start with you. Uh, can we go back a little bit and you know focus on what led to all of this? Maybe you could talk about the broader significance as well and summarize the context for our listeners. So, uh, see, Madhya Pradesh politics has always been a bipartisan affair. Uh, Congress and the earlier variants of uh, BJP uh, have always been the leading parties in the state. Uh, the genesis of this actually goes back to how the state itself was formed. So, let me take a step back and let's just do a, a little bit of a recap of the history of how the state of Madhya Pradesh itself was formed, right? See, uh, there used to be a state called uh, Central Province and Barar uh, in the British times. Uh, there were several princely states, uh, notably the Bhopal was the largest one and was another large state. And then there were the uh, Vindhya states, uh, the, the states in the, in the Vind region, uh, which all existed at the time of independence. So, um, the the state actually was formed in several steps. Uh, the, sta the states of Bhopal and Indore merged into the Indian Union only in 1948. A couple of last states to actually merge. Uh, in 1950, uh, two developments happened. One was that uh, the uh, central, uh, the CP and Barar state from the British Times was uh, uh, I mean, it, 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 it kind of, uh, it was dissolved in 1950, while another state called Madhya Bharat was created on the western side. So we had like uh, two large states, one on the western and the northern side, which is like Madhya Bharat, one on the current southern side of uh, Madhya Pradesh, which is the CP, which is was CP and Barar. And uh, by 1953, the CP and Barar parts, parts of that also were uh, I mean, it was dissolved into two parts. The, the southern part of that, uh, which is Vidarbha, went into the Maharashtra state. And what then remained was uh, essentially there were several discussions about how do you, how do we organize uh, the three or four larger parts which remained. And finally, it all came together only in 1956 when the state of uh, the current state of MP was formed. So the the way politics has always run is that there have been strong individuals from each of these three or four areas who have since dominated or they or their families have since dominated uh, uh, politics in the state. Of course, MP was also was reorganized between Madhya Pradesh and Chhattisgarh in, uh, in, at, at the turn of the century. So that was another uh, change which happened. But because of this structure, uh, there have been several leading families in the state politics 
each coming from a different region and being very strong in that particular uh, i mean there's their sphere of influence being from from the region of their uh, influence uh, the, their their origin and because of this both congress and bjp um, i mean especially the congress actually bjp came in much later but congress had several satraps from from each part uh, of of the state on uh, going back to pandit ravi shankar shukla who whose family later became more influential in chatisgarh than uh, in mp we had uh, arjun singh which was uh, who was uh, whose family for, was from the vindhya region um, there was motilal vora again more chatisgarh aligned there were of course the sindhias in gwalior um there was digvijay singh and uh, his family uh, from from ragogarh uh, his father was quite active in politics as well and the sons became politicians too um so so basically the 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 politics was always influenced by these leading figures um uh, in in the state uh the the bjp part also was kicked off by the sindhya family only when uh, rajmata sindhya of gwalior decided to support the swatantra party in 1967 Uh, that's how the genesis of jansang in in mp was and uh, i mean her family essentially was the founding uh, i mean she was the founding member of bjp as well in 1980 so so the janta party also owes its root to the same set of families and people largely and the bjp leaders of today the the more influential leaders of course they all came grounds up they were not from political families but they only became stronger post uh, 1977 or actually more like more 1980 after um jansang was dissolved and bjp was was formed so um uh, irrespective of the party affiliations the the individuals have been very strong their their role has been very strong in the polit- in the in the state context and they've always wielded influence irrespective of what party they have been in so uh, that is the larger uh, uh background of of the of of the state politics where uh, no part no third party has been able to make a mark mainly because they have not been able to rope in a local influential person uh or or a family to really kickstart their quote unquote venture in this state so it's always been a congress and bjp battle so it is actually no surprise that when congress couldn't form a stable government uh, and bjp lost out by a very small margin in the 2018 uh, assembly election it all uh, collapsed pretty pretty quickly given the realignment of some of these individuals okay so let's talk about uh, uh, jyotiraditya sindhya uh, uh, specifically right uh, so what does he bring to the table i mean he has been a four time mp from guna his constituency uh, but he did lose the elections in 2019 right uh, so what has uh, changed now uh, rohit you want to take that yeah sure carry so i think uh, if you look at jyotiraditya sindhya and uh, the kind of politics that uh, the congress actually uh, performs in madhya pradesh and what uh, building on from what ashish said so congress uh, in madhya pradesh uh, is uh, pretty much a collection of satraps right in the sense that uh, and while this is true at some level uh, nationally now uh, where the bjp actually has some sort of an ideological base and people actually join it uh, for uh, certain other reasons the congress in uh, except in very very uh, small pockets of extremely urbanized india primarily consists of satraps and madhya pradesh is uh, pretty much a hotbed of that kind of politics whether it's digvijay singh who uh, has his ragogarh and uh, basically parts of rajgarh district and uh, jyotiraditya sindhya who was powerful in uh, what is known as chambal gwalior and then you have uh, kamal nath from uh, chindwara and a few others few leaders uh, 
in the tribal belts etc so if you look at uh, what happened in the last elections in madhya pradesh that is 2018 the congress uh, pretty much swept the entire uh, chambal gwalior region and there was a lot of uh, there were a lot of reasons for it but one of the biggest reasons was actually the popularity of jyotiraditya sindhya as in if you could uh, see the kind of surveys that were done at that point of time etc he was clearly considered to be a person who was going to be the chief minister especially in his region and people did vote for that and uh, it was a very narrow win for the congress right as in it didn't even get a majority and the biggest margins really did come from uh, this region where uh, even in urban seats the city of gwalior for instance the bjp uh, just about managed to sneak through in one of the four seats which uh, cover the city shows the kind of uh, uh, support that uh, the congress managed to get in that election and for some some part of it definitely did go down to jyotiraditya sindhya of course he did lose his uh, election in 2019 due to a variety of uh, reasons including of course the fact that the modi wave of uh, 2019 in some of these parts was actually probably stronger than the modi wave of 2014 i think in all fairness we should uh, acknowledge that he was uh, one of only two people who could survive the 2014 uh, modi wave in mp and this time he lost out while uh, kamal nath who won in 2014 his son managed to continue in 2019 in chindwara but that's a different point in essence if you look at the 2018 results jyotiraditya sindhya probably of all the satraps contributed the most in terms of sheer number there were other reasons in gwalior for instance the scst act uh, judgment of the supreme court its undoing by the central government and its undoing by the central government both created uh, huge issues for the bjp as and there were anger against the bjp both from uh, the dalits and from uh, the so called upper caste and uh, both of that actually had an epicenter in uh, gwalior so that definitely did help the congress but uh, jyotiraditya sindhya's popularity certainly did help there and if you take the sindhya family out this is one part of the state which has very weak congress roots if you look at it historically and we'll get to that later in the podcast but that to some extent also is a bigger problem for the congress going forward so just to sum it up i'll say that chotiraditya uh, sindhya leaving the congress is a fairly big blow to the congress i'm not i wouldn't say necessarily that the same level of advantage the bjp gets but it's a really big blow to the congress in madhya pradesh yeah i mean that's a fair point uh so one of the things that i want to also bring up is you know aside from the ideological base uh you cannot ignore the broader significance of uh, dynastic leaders uh, such as the sindhyas or the singhs or the shuklas right uh, ashish i know you touched upon this earlier as well in your opening remarks do you want to elaborate on this further yeah sure so um, see dynastic politics is nothing new to the state of madhya pradesh um let's take a few examples actually and it's quite interesting how these families have uh, been very influential not just in the state politics but for the country as a whole right, right. so uh, dr shukla who was the first uh, chief minister of the uh, 1956 version of madhya pradesh uh, was a cm only for about 2 months before he passed away but his sons uh, shamacharan shukla and vidyacharan shukla are very well known names in the polit- in the in country's politics uh, shamacharan shukla was the mp chief minister three times uh, vidyacharan shukla uh, was quite notorious for his role in 
the emergency uh, in the time of emergency he was considered one of the closest associates of sanjay gandhi uh, he in fact later uh, switched over to bjp also briefly for a for one lok sabha election which he lost and then went back to congress uh, and he died a very tragic death uh, in the in the earlier part of uh, the last decade so that this is uh, so so their families have always influenced mp and chatisgarh politics this is this is this is one example uh, there was uh, kalashnath karju who was the cm for almost for more than 5 years uh, in in mp uh, the karju family is uh, you know pretty well known um, one of his sons uh, brahmanath was the chief justice of the alabad high court uh, there was another son of mr karju who was uh, also a judge in, in the same uh, In, in, the, in the same high court, uh, the son of Shivnath, uh, we all know Markande Karju was a judge with Supreme Court in India, and uh, his granddaughter was married to Shashi Tharoor, his first wife. So basically, I mean, the the family has been very well known. Uh, again, uh, not just in the MP politics, but again nationally because of the judicial roots which which the family had. Um, later on, after uh, Kalashnath Karju, there was a, another CM by the name of Dwarkar Prasad Mishra or DP Mishra. again a very famous well known name uh his son prajesh uh, mishra was the national security advisor in the vajpayee government uh sudhir mishra who makes bollywood movies uh was the grandson of pandit varkar prasad mishra so uh, these these dynasties um, had a fairly firm grip on the on the politics and i mean of course we'll talk about uh, rajpata sindhya uh, also like uh, she she was married into the family uh, Uh, in 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 gwalior and then uh, was pitched in, pitched in, uh, pitched into politics because uh, the the way her own family situation and personal situation evolved and she did support the congress for a long time but uh, in in the 60s uh, she realigned uh, uh, her her political loyalties she because of her role mp got its first non congress government in 1967 uh, when the sanyukt vidhayak dal or the Conglo- like the the agglomeration of all uh, opposition came together uh, in fact the sanyukta vidhayak dal was like a experiment to the, to the janta party as well to, or like a precursor to the janta party as well of 1977 and uh, in mp it had mixed success at the 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 sanyukta vidhayak dal government only lasted uh, like uh, maybe for like couple of years three years maybe uh, before congress again came in and uh, after that uh, the but but uh, rajmata sindhya's move in mp helped create uh, put lay the roots for jansang to really become a strong political force uh, in in the state and if you ta- take a take a later look as, as well uh, i mean of course apart from sindhya's uh, arjun singh who was the chief minister uh, in 1980 starting 1980 i mean i think he had a couple of terms as, as cm his son also uh, played a significant role in the state politics until recently uh, Uh, let's look at the bjp side, side as well or rather the jansang side as well so the janata party of 1977 of which jansang was a key component uh, that came into power for about 3 years uh, in that 3 year window there were three different chief ministers kailash chandra joshi virendra saklecha and sundarlal patwa uh, all their sons have been fairly active in the state politics uh, some of them were even ministers in the shivraj singh government uh, in, in in the in the recent times so when we talk about uh, dynasties uh, the the important mp has been that yes the the sons and daughters are pretty active in terms of contesting elections um, but uh, not necessarily that they have been able to dictate 
the politics of the state uh, in more recent times things have got democratized of course the importance of satraps is very much there uh the next generation is not as influential as it has been perhaps in up or bihar but dynastic politics is very central to the root of madhya pradesh politics yeah thanks for that uh, context ashish i mean it really lends a, a sort of lays out the landscape for us right uh, rohit you had a, an interesting point on uh, specifically the role of sindhias and mp in general on uh, uh, the impact of hindutva politics uh, do you want to elaborate on that yeah so uh, carry basically if you look at how the politics of india has evolved since independence it's uh, primarily as we all know started out as a congress centric polity and if you look at uh, some of it what happened is each state saw some sort of opposition to the congress uh, for instance in uh, in bengal it was a communist in uh, tamil nadu it ended up being the dravidian movement in a fair few states uh, it remained one party for a long time like for instance maharashtra which was one party almost till the mid 80s but uh, at a broad level but uh, one state where you know the primary opposition to the congress uh, right from the beginning was uh, hindutva or hindu nationalism whether through the jansang or other parties was uh, the state of madhya pradesh for instance if you look even in 1952 what was then madhya bharat not madhya pradesh necessarily and i'll get to that distinction and why that's important uh, right away uh, the only two non congress seats were both won in uh, guna gwalior by the hindu mahasabha so that shows how you know right from day one it was uh, really the anti anti congress uh, flag here was flown by hindu nationalists this continued in 1957 also few seats were won this time even by the jansang and uh, the same continued 1962 of course a big movement here really happened with the movement of rajmata sindhya to the bjp which happened uh, sometime in uh, the 60s while the sindhya family was always uh, pro uh, hindutva as ashish mentioned for a variety of reasons they had to support the congress in the middle of the 50s uh, during the time of uh, pandit nehru and uh, rajmata sort of uh, changed track uh, post in the mid 60s i would say she interestingly contested on both the jansang ticket uh, and the swatantra party ticket in the 1967 elections one for the lok sabha one for the vidhan sabha and she won both and uh, one of the great uh, what ifs of history is what would have happened if she had decided to stay on in uh, the swatantra party and not stick on to the jansang so what basically happened from 67 onwards really is that the in what was what is the madhya bharat part of uh, madhya pradesh that is uh, your gwalior region your malwa region etc the jansang really became almost a dominant party especially from a lok sabha perspective very interesting result here is uh, 1971 lok sabha where the indira gandhi wave uh, went swept all over india the opposition alliance and uh, the opposition alliance in mp for all practical purposes was just the uh, jansang and uh, smattering of rajas who stood as independents actually won a majority of the seats in what is today's mp the overall seats are of course uh, sort of uh, confusing because of the inclusion of chatisgarh which was and to some extent today is also a relatively good area for the congress but uh, if you look at what is uh, today's mp amazingly this opposition alliance actually won the majority of the seats uh, 
even in 1971 which probably explains why indira gandhi was uh, you know so happy and insistent on madhav rao sindhya joining the congress post the 1971 elections and if you look at all the results except for the two uh, big congress waves of the 80s that is 80 and 84 mp especially the areas that were once under the sindhya family that is not just gwalior and guna even other parts of chambal like morena bhind vidisha which is considered a huge uh, saffron stronghold today it was uh, it'd be interesting to know that the first time that seat was formed in 67 and ramnath goenka won the seat for the jansang that was also due to the influence of uh, rajmata sindhya even ujjain which is another uh, very strongly uh, hindutva dominated city uh, was also of course under the sindhya rule before independence and obviously has some influence uh, there even today so if you look at it that way madhya pradesh even before uh, gujarat became so strong for uh, the bjp in the 90s was really the heartland of hindutva politics in india and that part of madhya pradesh which used to be under the sindhyas you could say was de- the definitive ha- was really the heartland within the heartland so to that extent uh, one can recap the contributions of the sandhyas to this movement uh, which today is uh, easily the most dominant political movement in india and uh, yeah that's about it like jyotiraditya sandhya joining is one more uh, milestone to that extent i would say okay um, so, so russian just to make a uh, additional point uh, see uh, just to um, delve on the elections on the lok sabha side right as rohit mentioned even if you look at the 2004 and the 2009 elections where the congress uh, was resurgent and largely in uh, largely driven by the gains it made in, in the northern part uh, the, even in those elections uh, bjp did very well uh, in 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 both the election cycles i mean of course so nine bjp did lose some seats but i think it was still 1712 in 2009 four was been in the state from a lok sabha standpoint so um, the uh, when we talk about the hindutva politics as a binary especially the kind of discourse which we today see on social media or even the national media uh, mp actually was not that binary uh, because of the influence of all these folks uh, in right from pandit shukla and pandit mishra uh, on the congress side also and then of course uh, rajmata sindhya influencing the whole jansang politics in a big way the the hindutva politics was was very much accepted even in congress and uh, in fact it has said uh, maybe someday he will write as autobiography but it has said that um, chief minister uh, digvijay singh won a second term because he had co-opted rss to some way, uh, some extent in the state and brought in some very strict controls around uh, cow slaughter and so on in 1998 which really helped him uh, gain currency so some of the agenda items which today bjp owns were very acceptable to congress and mp all all along and uh, this has been a very distinctive feature Uh, even in the 2018 election uh, in indore one of the seats uh, one of the urban seats which which bjp which congress won uh, the candidate was actually a son of a uh, old bjp leader and who had a lot of sung connections right so i think this 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 uh, ideologically bjp and congress are much closer and i mean congress is much closer to bjp uh, in, in in the state and that's been the case for 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 a while all i think obviously there are some there are some leaders who will always change the equation for mp that was arjun singh he he was also the big factor nationally uh, in terms of moving the needle away from the hindu hindutva politics as such for for the congress in the uh, in the, in the 2004 uh, government 
but uh, barring his uh, influence and then later on we are seeing second term influence in the, uh, in the in the latter part where ngos became very powerful and mp uh, the state has been fairly aligned to the B- what to what today we known as the bjp brand of politics yeah it's a very interesting point uh, so you know uh, this is very useful context in terms of what has happened and you know what's led to this right uh, so let's look ahead ashish i mean just continuing uh, if you were to look in the crystal ball right uh, what do you see ahead for uh, the bjp or the or the congress in uh, mp yeah so as rohit said uh, the, uh, the the exit of jyotiradha sandhya will be a big blow to the congress itself because they have zero base in the chambal region uh, in malwa which is the other sandhya influence area maybe congress has picked up uh, historically earlier because of prakash and the city coming from that area and then of course digwijay singh himself uh, having a lot of influence but on the uh, in general on what used to be the, the old madhya bharat in, in that region uh, congress is going to suffer a big time because of sandhya's exit uh, on in the other parts of the state maybe not not as much because more localized factors dominate there but i think sentiment wise it's a very big negative for congress uh, will bjp gain i mean of course there are only two parties so bjp will gain by default uh it may not gain so much as in an, in, a, in a electoral strength sense uh, because the base itself is very high for bjp already but uh the fact that uh jyotiradha sandhya who is a very liked leader personally by the people in the state irrespective of his party affiliations i think that will be a big morale booster for the party um, and uh, i don't see how congress will be able to displace bjp in the chambal region going forward bjp might also have a problem of plenty by the way uh, there are some very good leaders in in the uh, in in that area who may now find it difficult to get tickets because they'll have to also uh, uh, i mean they, they'll be up against the sindhia loyalists as well so some of the leaders who had left bjp uh, in 2018 because they did not get a ticket then and were trying to come back or could have potentially come back will now find it very difficult to make their way back into the party i mean one good example is uh, samiksha gupta who used to be a mayor of gwalior did pretty good job in the city but had quit uh, the quit the party before 2018 assembly elections uh, when the, she didn't get the ticket to gwalior south and uh, at that point uh, I mean, bjp lost that seat very narrowly where where gupta pulled like 20% of the votes so i think such folks will find it very difficult uh, to uh, make a comeback but otherwise bjp should certainly gain in the uh, in, in the in the chambal area Yeah, Rohit. So, you, do you want to add to that? I mean, Ashish mentioned, uh, you know, a problem of plenty for the BJP. Uh, any predictions on who the chief minister will actually be? I know you're a Mamaji fan, but uh, will they do a reject? Yeah. So, uh, Roshan, just before getting to that, I think uh, wanted to tie in two things Ashish had mentioned, and uh, that is regarding, you know, the how the Congress itself has generally been a bit uh, sort of aligned to the. BJP's brand of uh, politics in uh, the state of MP I think that is going to be a huge challenge for the Congress going forward as it uh, sort of nationally uh, rebrands itself to become a much more uh, left-wing so-called progressive alternative to the BJP especially under Rahul Gandhi one of the states where uh, that's going to really in my view take a toll on the Congress uh, is Madhya Pradesh while it may take a toll on uh, the Congress in a lot of places and it has MP is definitely going to be a state I think where the Congress will really suffer on account of uh, its national uh, branding moving uh, towards the left of the spectrum and politics in general becoming more nationalized and people becoming more aware of what's happening everywhere. Yeah. That's a very strange dichotomy actually. I was I mean I was going to bring that up which is that you know I mean the national brand is 
uh, you know, moving clearly towards the left, uh, uh, well, left as, uh, you know, we define it culturally, uh, but, you know, uh, MP still seems to be, uh, as Ashish mentioned, uh, you know, very bipartisan about the whole Hindutva brand of uh, politics, right? Uh, yeah, so go ahead, please. I mean, I just wanted to add that. Yeah, so coming to your specific question, I think, uh, honestly, at this point, I would be very surprised if uh, anybody other than uh, Shivraj uh, Singh uh, Chauhan becomes a CM of MP from the BJP. While, uh, as Ashish mentioned, there are a lot of leaders in the BJP and uh, there's clearly a point uh, problem of uh, plenty, so as to speak, with obviously uh, Kailash Rijavadiya being a National General Secretary, uh, being the most uh, prominent other person, apart from, of course, uh, Jyotiraj Sindhya himself. There's also Narendra Singh Tomar, who's been a very senior uh, cabinet minister for a, since 2014 and has not really moved at all from that uh, position. But uh, in terms of uh, the CM of MP, I think for the time being, at least, it's definitely going to be uh, Shivraj Singh Chauhan for a variety of reasons, the biggest... Uh, Quite simply being that you would not want to rock the boat at a time when uh, things are already instable and uh, there are 24 by-elections, so to speak, coming up. And the government has just, uh, you know, the BJP government will obviously be new and they would want to get into action right away. The other thing, of course, is that uh, Shivraj Singh uh, at a state level is a fairly popular leader and his uh, brand of being a people's politician does... uh, sell a lot in uh, many parts of MP and while obviously the other leaders are also popular in uh, their own regions uh, again uh, Kailash Vijayavagya's popularity in Marwa being a very big uh, example of this at this point of time I think uh, it would be difficult for the BJP to change uh, from uh, Shivraj Singh again uh, since I was referring to Mr. Kailash Vijayavagya fact that he's today the BJP in charge of Bengal which is going for polls almost uh, in slightly more than a year definitely makes that a and that's obviously the biggest election for the BJP in this entire cycle I would say of Lok Sabha because uh, winning Bengal would obviously be a game changer in more ways than one so that's that I think would be the broad uh, my view on who would be the CM Ashish you want to chip in on that yeah, Rohit, uh, I agree uh, for now that it has to go with uh, Shirvar Singh Chauhan as a chief minister. Uh, Kailash Vijayavargi would have been a very strong contender. Uh, he has a lot of ground hold in the Malwa region, which is where uh, the party did well even in 2018 uh, on a relative basis. Uh, but uh, given his role currently in the Bengal election, I don't think he'll get a chance. Other leaders who are very strong, uh, like... Uh, Anindra Singh Tomar, Narottam Mishra, uh, Gopal Bhargav, Rakesh Singh, all of these folks may not get a chance to be the CM. Uh, I mean, they may play an important role in their respective areas, but potentially not. Uh, won't, a state which has been snatched from Congress may not be given to them. So, uh, And of course, then we also have this uncertainty because of the coronavirus situation, right? So we don't know how long is this going to continue, whether, it is, uh, whether the lockdown is two weeks or a month or more. We have no idea. So at this stage, someone who has had the administrative experience, who knows the bureaucracy of the state very well, uh, has to take charge. So I think my prediction also is that Shivraj Singh Chauhan will be asked to uh, take oath in the, in the coming couple of days. Okay, so we end on a consensus. Uh, so this has been great, guys. I mean, thanks so much for all of the insights that you've uh, shared. Right. Uh, thanks so much, for everyone, for uh, tuning in. 
uh, as usual you know the podcast will be up on anchor fm itunes spotify google podcasts pocket casts and a bunch of other platforms uh, do follow our twitter handle at bharatvartha for more updates uh, so until next time do take care and uh, also please stay safe uh, jai hind